Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much, maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Hey there, freedom seekers. Ever wonder about the hero that lives inside of you, ready to conquer the business world? Well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, then you know that we love exploring hero myths and using them to better understand our own heroic journeys. I wanted to make these stories even more actionable for you, so we built a way for you to uncover your business superpowers, avoid potential pitfalls, and see your entrepreneurial journey in a whole new light. Ready to discover your business owner hero type? Check out the show notes or head over to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash quiz to take our free quiz and learn which heroic energy you embody in your business. It only takes a few minutes and it's free. Your heroic journey awaits. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter. And today I am joined by Saren Eads. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Saren Eads is the emotional wealth coach. And I'm really excited to talk to you, Saren, because every time we have connected, we we met in a mastermind. Every time we've connected, it has just been such a bright uh, conversation. And I really like the way that you think about things. I think you have a really cool and super optimistic way of looking at the world. And I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. So, so welcome. Fun. I feel the same way. Every time we've talked, it's been so delightful and like really enriching. And so I'm excited for everyone who gets to listen to us having a conversation about things that light us up because it's going to be so fun. <laughs> Totally. So you're all welcome in advance now. Um, so, so tell us, let's start uh, for people who are unfamiliar, because I was unfamiliar and I'm, I'm curious, how, what is emotional wealth? What do you, what does that mean? I love this so much because just being on this podcast with the focus of freedom, I think it ties hand in hand with that. When we think about financial wealth, we're like, ooh, more money. When we think about time wealth, we're like, ooh, more time. And when we think about emotional wealth, it's like, I think it's the energy and like the space and capacity in your brain and emotional existence to actually enjoy your time and money, to enjoy the things in your life, to like actually enjoy your lived experience as a human on this rock, on this earth that we're mm. on. And I find that when we prioritize our emotional wealth, our emotional freedom first, the other two come as like the, um, the payoffs from the investment, the other two, the emotional, I mean, the financial freedom, the time freedom, they come when you create that emotional capacity within your own brain and your own body. So it's kind of like creating wealth from the inside out, which is so fun. Yeah. Now I think this is a really fascinating concept. And I I was literally just talking about this with a client today because I think we can really get caught up in the, um, you know, you're, you're from life coach school, the, that a line or whatever, the, you know, the action line of doing stuff. And the, the idea is that like, if we want to create results, we have to do stuff. And I think, I mean, obviously action is really important because we live in a physical world, but I think it's really interesting to think first of like, what, what are we, how are we thinking and feeling about what we're creating, because this is kind of like what you're saying. Like we can, there's a way that we can create from that, 
like action line from the doing where even if we wind up creating the thing that we thought we wanted, we actually don't wind up any freer in the world or um, yeah. we're like burdened emotionally. Yeah, sort of absolutely. Thing. And I had to learn this firsthand because I was pregnant when I started my business and working full-time in HR and just like wanting so badly to leave that world behind. And I had made a thousand dollars before my daughter was born, but really wanted to replace my salary while on maternity leave. And I had signed 10 clients that basically I did a couple consultations here and there. Then, um, I had them start after I was done with my maternity leave and I would just like start them as I felt ready. And so I really only did like one to two hours of marketing every couple weeks. Like it was very low action, but it was very potent and very aligned. And so if you can have your brain working for you, one, you have a good time doing it Two, It feels like really enriching and three, it'll be really potent and actually get your message across so much quicker. Anytime that I'm like, Ooh, I have to spend lots of time on this. It's usually coming from the part of my brain that feels scarce. And it typically is a big waste of my time. My husband actually asked, he's like, what would it be like if you actually worked like 30 to 40 hours a week. And I was like, I think I would waste a lot of time because I don't know if I would use it like efficiently to like force myself to work more when I've gotten so good at working so much less, but using a very potent action driven, like connection focused action line in my business. I, so, and I want to double click on this cause I, um, I guess I want to check for the audience here. So what you're, is what you're talking about that we are, um, we're just, we're kind of like imagining ourselves um, more like whatever that emotional state is that we want, like more free, whatever that looks like. And then that will create, is this like a manifestation law of attraction sort of thing? Or, or how do you think about what's the mechanism by which this I happens? Think the biggest part is creating capacity up front, And so it's getting rid of some of the, mental ways of thinking or like old conditioning that's holding us back first. So for example, when I was an almost new mom, my thought was having a baby and a business at the same time is impossible. One's going to have to like suffer. And I thought baby first business like would have to suffer. And I was invited to think like, what if it actually builds both? Like what if you could create so much more, but using your time, so like using so much less time, and at first I thought that that was absolutely absurd and like impossible. And like somebody like me couldn't do that. And even as we're family planning and we want another to add another baby into our lives, I have the same thought come up where I'm like, oh, two babies, like that's going to be really tough on me. Like, I don't know if I will have the time or capacity or like, it's just like a very scarce way of thinking. And it comes from a lot of the conditioning that we're fed, like having a baby and traveling with a baby is so hard. And yet I found it to be so fun and enriching. And so like my daughter has been all over the world in the planes with us. Like she comes every time we go somewhere fun and she loves it. She's done some of the coolest adventures that people only dream of doing. And she's too young to even nice. remember it. And so I, yeah, she won't even remember yeah, all so that. Getting rid of some of that like way of thinking and choosing like what actually is helpful for me and what is beneficial to me to think. And we can talk about this kind of as we go, like the actual process to let that go and to transition into being the version of yourself that has what she wants or he wants. And for me at that time, it was really letting go of the, that way of thinking. So I had the space to think like, wait, I'm actually here to help people. Maybe I'll just focus on that. And then that my automation part of my brain picked up on helping and serving. And then it created a lot of connection and it created a lot of business. 
Mm, okay. And so, so what you're suggesting is not that we sort of sit on a meditation cushion and create businesses from our imagination, but that we optimize for the first, for the state of being yes. that we want to the, the emotional wealth that we want to be in. Yeah. yeah? I think oftentimes we can sit on a meditation cushion and it's so helpful because we're talking like feeling somatically in your body, getting through everything that needs to be processed, everything that's stored and that your body's keeping stored there. Like that can be so helpful and enriching. And sometimes we think that we're changing our thoughts and while we sit on that cushion, but we're not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so maybe let's talk about that because I'm, I'm curious, what do we optimize for? Like, how do you think about create actually creating this tactically? So, um, because it's not what you're saying is not that we're sitting down on the meditation cushion and just sort of imagining our life in a new way. Um, so what actually are we doing when we're optimizing for this emotional wealth? Yeah. Yeah. So, just thinking back to like that time in my life where, and even to this day when I am like, I wouldn't even say manifesting or becoming a magnet to the things that I want. It has so much to do with like how my relationship with those things, for example, if my relationship with my business is really tight and like uncomfortable, like hustle is an emotion. It's something that we experience. So you can actually do so much more, but not feel drained by it. Imagine feeling like lit up by it, like fueled by it. And basically what we want is for that part of our brain that does 95% of our thinking to be on board with that vision, on board with where we're going, on board on making our first six figures in business or seven figures in business. And most of the time, there's a slight sneaky little reason in there why our brains don't want to go there. I actually just got some coaching on this recently where I'm building a group program for a lot of women to come together and to be able to experience these things together and get coaching on this together. And we also do a live in-person event. And I was getting coaching on like, it will actually be harder for me to coach 15 women versus one at a time. And so my brain was really resistant to putting in some of those like really potent action of like marketing and telling people about what I offer because I was like, it's going to be so hard. What if I have people that are unaligned and like, I don't attract the right people and I'm feeling scarce and I let everyone come in. And like, what if I just have a bad experience coaching a big group of people? And so my brain was like, yeah, that sounds bad. I'm not going to do any of that. So I like kind of like, pause my marketing. <laughs> and so it was a very sneaky thing. Cause as I got some coaching on that, I was able to realize, actually, I want that experience of coaching more people. I can really manage my experience around that. Like I felt calm and grounded and like capable of holding that room of people. And almost instantaneously, I had this like instinct of like, Ooh, I want to talk about this. Like I want to do a live about this. I want to talk about um, this program that I'm putting out for people because it will be the thing that changes their life. And so I had a whole different way of thinking afterwards. And so when I talk about, it's kind of just getting your subconscious brain on board with where you're going. And one of the best ways that I do that and I do that with my clients is asking the question, like, what is your brain trying to get out of this right now? Like, what is it getting out of thinking? It's going to be hard to have 15 people in your business. Like what's, it's going to be hard to manage as a CEO of all of these tasks. Like sometimes we're afraid of the financial loss or the time loss that we might have if our business got too big, too fast. Or I often find that some of my clients are afraid that if this got bigger, something else is going to have to sacrifice like my 
time at home with my family or my other hobbies or my friendships or my social life. They always think that something will have to give in order to have expansion. And that's not necessarily the case. When your brain's on board, it becomes more of your like habit of like, I'm going to like live my life in a way that's building a lot of connections. So then I don't have to spend as many hours networking. Mm. So when you're, when you're talking about that question, um, what is my brain trying to get out of this thought or whatever? You're, um, we're like looking for the, for like, what's its positive intent. What's yeah. the thing that it's wanting for yeah. us? Not, um, kind of the self-sabotage yeah. sorts of flavor of your yeah, thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like kind of thinking about like, I see oftentimes like, oh, I can't have both or I have to hustle to start my business. It's like, what is your brain getting out of thinking that? And it probably like, just to throw it out there, like it, it could be along the ways of like, I have to do a lot of work. So then at least I feel accomplished or like, at least I'll feel good enough mm. about myself because I put in the Valuable. work, even if it doesn't succeed, I at least put in the work. So it like gives you something to feel proud of, even if you failed. And so that's like really your brain trying to help you out. And then you get to look at the thought though. Is it serving you to believe you have to hustle versus like, I'm very intentionally putting in this potent action to help support me and the other people I get to serve in my business. Yeah. And, and I'm actually going to double click on this, um, this concept you've mentioned a couple times here, which is your relationship with mm -hmm. these things in your life mm -hmm. or in your business or whatever. Um, because I think that's what you're, let me just say this and then yeah. see if this is what you're yeah, meaning. Sure. When you're saying, when you're talking about your relationship, you mean, um, you're talking about like the kinds of thoughts and the kinds of feelings that we're having when we're thinking about mm -hmm our business or our level of action or our relationships or whatever the thing is that we're, we're talking about. Is that, right, am I hearing yeah, you? It's like the way you're thinking about the person or the thing. And so for example, in a romantic relationship, like the thoughts you have about your partner, they're like really loving, like unconditional. And it's like, no matter what, like I am like, hopefully, hopefully right. Like in, in a dream romance, like yeah. <laughs> at least. Right. Um, yeah. in an effective yeah, relationship. And so if I ever like find myself like having like, like kind of getting like maybe, um, like pinged or like an emotions coming up around like my partner. I'm like, what is one of the needs that I have that either one is not getting met by myself that I'm expecting him to step up to. And I'll like kind of just check in and be like, oh, okay, what relationship do I want to have with like, let's say I'm feeling um, embarrassment or let's say I'm feeling anxiety. It's like what relationship or how do I want to think about what I'm experiencing right now so that it doesn't become like my partner's problem. And so we always think that like, other things are responsible for how we do, especially in business where like other people have to buy from me for me to be successful. And so it's kind of like thinking like, what do I want to be thinking or experiencing around these things that will help me and serve me to like pour into the most potent action? Yeah. And I guess that's, so that's, I just want to highlight underscore and double click on this, which is like, it's not about the actions that we're taking. It's about the thoughts that you're thinking about those actions. So if we're, if it's like, do you want to struggle in your business yeah. or do you, cause you're going to, you can take the same act, the same amount, quote unquote of actions and either be struggling or be enjoying the shit out of it. Mm. And 
either of those have to do with your relationship with the actions yeah. that you're taking, not with the actions yeah. themselves. Is right. that what you're... Because like even just imagine a time when you like feel so lit up in your business and you're like talking to this person about it and you're like mention it to this friend who mentions it to another friend and like all of a sudden you're getting a referral. Like when you feel lit up by what you're doing and it doesn't mean you feel great 100% of the time. I want to really put like a disclaimer on this is like you are still experiencing a human experience and it's like how does anxiety what's my relationship with anxiety what's my relationship with rejection what's my relationship with like all the things that are really hard that we experience as entrepreneurs too it's not just like I'm gonna feel lit up by this like that's not where I'm going it's like creating a lot of depth into your entrepreneurial journey that actually creates so much more wealth it's not the absence of the negative I actually believe that resiliency is what creates that type of abundance um, so I want to just be clear that mm. it's not just like happy go lucky. Like sometimes I'm like, um, that's kind of the thing that I get the most critique on is they're like, well, yeah, but you can't just be happy all the time. I'm like, trust me. Like, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're not, we're not advocating for like what people might call toxic yeah, positivity exactly. or whatever. Right. And so what is the distinction here then? So let's, um, let's say maybe, uh, let's take anxiety, uh, as a, as a, as a point. So we have anxiety and now what is the emotional wealth approach to anxiety, for example? Yeah. So I'll just kind of go with my own personal experience or how I deal with it as well as like how I've watched my clients deal with it. When you think anxiety is this big, scary thing that's going to ruin your business, you're going to avoid it and run from it, but it'll still exist in your body. Your body's still going to be experiencing it. And when you feel that much anxiety, in my experience, I'll go scroll on social media pretending like it's working, like, or like that I'm doing work. Or I will um, think and think and think and think and think and overthink. But all of my questions are like, well, what if this doesn't work? Well, what if this doesn't work? How could I do this differently? But never actually answering the questions. So I'm not getting any Mm. like production from those questions. So oftentimes it's just my brain spinning. And so my brain thinks it's Uh working really, really hard, but the result is, I'm actually just anxiously overworking or spinning in my brain without producing anything that I really wanted to produce. And so if I kind of catastrophize or another word that's like not a real word, but horribleize anxiety, it's going to create the opposite that I want to create, like the opposite result that I want to have. And so if I can make anxiety like a normal part of my journey, like I love to think I'm having anxiety right now because this is something I've never done before. I'm like hitting a new level that I've never had. Like as I grow to seven, a seven figure business, like I'm going to hit things that I've never had to deal with before that are making me more anxious than I've ever felt in business. I'm like, this means I'm in uncharted territory and my brain is going to be worried that that's unsafe. And I get to create safety for myself to experience the feeling of anxiety and all the thoughts that are coming with that feeling of anxiety. And when I lower my dislike for it, I kind of see it as like a spectrum. Like at first I'm going to like really hate the emotion. I want it to go away. And then I'm going to try to feel it and like hoping that it'll go away. And then I'll like actually feel it and process it. And then I'll be like willing to feel it. Like I'm going to put myself out there on purpose, knowing I'm going to get anxious, like knowing I'm going to get hot and sweaty on stage, like intentionally the willingness to put myself out there. And that willingness is such a fun place to be because it feels really safe for your subconscious brain and really safe for you to go and put yourself in positions that might make you feel more anxious. And yet it's on purpose and it's intentional and it's purposeful, which means your brain's on board with it. And that's kind of what I mean is like getting yourself in a position Mm -hmm. where your feelings and thoughts around anxiety or any other emotion are serving you versus creating a result you don't want to have. 
Because it's one thing to be willing to experience anxiety and it's another thing to be resistant mm -hmm. to experiencing anxiety or thinking anxiety is going to, that you're doing something wrong or that yeah. you're bad or yeah. misled right. or whatever the, whatever the story is. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. that that's what also helps you rebound so quickly in between like really intense, really hard things and still producing, you know, your dream life. Like your fairy tale business is the ability to not make that anxiety mean that you are a failure and you're never going to succeed at anything. Or maybe this isn't meant for you. I see that really often with my clients. They're like, Oh, now that I'm feeling so bad in my business and it's not going anywhere. And like, I don't know how to create the results I want to have. Maybe it means I'm not cut out for this, which I just want to offer was a thought that I thought early on in my life, especially when I tried entrepreneurship, I tried first, my first business was a ring business where I literally made jewelry and I was like 18, 19, 20 years old and making thousands of dollars, but like so scared to put it out into the world and make it bigger. And I told myself, I just like, I'm not cut out for this. I must not be passionate enough. I must not follow through enough mm. when really it was just my brain had some really subconscious thoughts that kept me from taking the action I wanted to take. And that was it. Yeah. That's, and that's such an interesting, um, kind of that process that we're like, I'm not cut out for it. That thought of thinking I'm not cut out for it. That is such a common and pervasive thought that a lot of entrepreneurs have business owners yeah. have is like, Oh, I'm, I must not be cut out for this. They look around and they see like, you know, the highlight reels from all this social stuff. And it's like, Oh, I'm, and mm -hmm. I, I call that making identity meaning. Yeah, so you're like making smart. it mean something about you like, Oh, you know, Oh, I'm not yeah. cut out for this. I, like it just as a person, as an identity. And the problem with that is then it becomes self-reinforcing because you, you think a thought like I'm not cut out for this. And then, you know, you, you run into an obstacle or whatever. And you're like, Oh, see, there's evidence that I'm not cut out for it. Like that's, that's proof. Yeah that I'm not cut out for it. See, I can like point out evidence and that's really tricky when evidence starts to work against yeah. us. Yeah. And then we like think that it's yeah. like, we're observing it as like a circumstance now when really it was just like created from our brains in the first place. Right. Cause what does it mean to be cut out for something or not like, cut out for something? Like decide. where is it? Where is it? Where is it written? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you, you know, even if it is somehow faded in the stars, like you don't have access to that. You don't know what the stars have in fate for you until you're dead. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> we can't know what happens in the future or what our fate yeah, is. Absolutely. That sort of thing. I had a client recently that we yeah. were looking at like something really similar where she was having a similar thought, like maybe I'm not cut out for this and was feeling like really defeated. And in her action line, she was just participating so much less in her life. Like her story. She was participating less in her lived experience. And I was like, what qualifies you to, you know, participate in your life? And she's like, literally just existing. I'm like, yeah. And what if we thought about it that way in business? Like what qualifies you to be an entrepreneur, like to be in your business, to be like creating it. And I think it's just the desire to like the, the want to be there and everything yeah, else is a the decision skill. that you're gonna. Yeah. Totally. I love that. You also, another thing you said um, that I think would be interesting for us to double click on for people is this, uh, you, you said you were asking these, these rhetorical questions, like, um, you know, like what if it doesn't work or whatever, and that you weren't actually trying to answer any of the questions you were just asking them. And then your brain is like spinning. Yeah. So what do you recommend somebody does if they're, if they're caught in one of those circles, like what if it doesn't work or like yeah. you're asking all these kind of unresourceful questions, yes. what, so what would you recommend good, someone do? This kind of comes back to like, what is my brain getting out of this? I like to think, Oh, my brain's trying to problem solve. It's trying to find out the best way to approach this in my business. And it's, 
just not producing that. When I look at what it actually produces, it produces a lot of anxiety and a lot of unanswered questions. And so I like to, once I notice that and also normalize it, come on, we're all humans with human brains. This is what a brain does. Then I'll be like, okay, let me go answer these questions for myself. Like, let me actually answer. Like what happens if... I sell zero spots to this thing I want to sell out on. <laughs> like what yeah. would I actually do? And I would look at what thoughts would I have that I'm afraid of thinking about myself? Like would I think I'm a failure? Would I think I'm not cut out for this? And then I'll look at how do I solve for that way of thinking? Like how would I have my own back if I started thinking those things? And what am I afraid of feeling? I'll go into the feeling line. Like what am I afraid of there? And I might be afraid of feeling like humiliation. That's a big one that I'm like, Ooh, no thanks. Or misunderstood, misinterpreted. Those are big ones in my business popping up now as I'm increasing my visibility. Mm -hmm. And so with those things, I'm like, okay, how would I handle and like hold myself while I feel those at a 10 out of 10? (laughs) Like if I feel those like 10 out of 10 level, how would I handle that? And then I'll look at, okay, then how would I solve for this? Like, what would I do? And I would evaluate. I'd probably do something differently. I'd probably go out and do it again. I would probably celebrate the fact that I even put myself out there. Like I was like the fact that I tried something new. And even if I failed, I'd try to use that failure to build me, to like take me into my next my next launch or my next journey or whatever is coming next. So I think that asking ourselves those questions and really answering them is the best way to get out of that spiral. And if you find yourself asking the question, but a lot of resistance to actually critically think and answer, that's typically just because your primitive brain wants to keep running the show. And when you step in and answer the question, you're inviting your prefrontal cortex to step in. And that's your really critical way of thinking. That's the way of thinking that creates and takes action. That's a part of your brain that you desperately need if you want to really have an intentional Create life. Plans yeah, and plans act and act on them. Exactly. Yeah. And so sometimes our brain's like, it's not safe. It doesn't think it's safe to let that part of our brain step in because it thinks it's keeping us safe by overthinking over and over and over again, all of the questions that are never getting answered. Totally. And, and also just to, to kind kind of hold space for this, when that amygdala, that fight or flight part of our brain is activated, we, it is harder to access creativity and our, like the executive functioning pieces of our brain. So I personally, like, I don't know if you have any processes for this, but personally, I really like to invite people to take a second to to calm down their physiology first, breathe, Call, like just actually relax, like stretch a little bit or whatever, maybe repeat an affirmation like everything's okay, everything's fine, it's going to be okay, I'm going to be okay, like things like that to actually calm down your nervous Absolutely. system until you're a little bit more resourced and then we can start to approach yeah. things uh, creatively because it's really challenging when it's like when you're like yeah. in that like fight or flight yeah. mode you know that's not when you're planning your business yeah. is when you're running from a saber-toothed tiger yeah, absolutely you and know? i can see that sometimes we use that against ourselves where we're like okay i know what to do next all i have to do is answer this question and like jump into the next thing but we don't ever give our body and brain that space to know it's safe to do so and if we don't create that safety then your brain's just going to keep creating what hasn't been working and so i I love how you say like pause mm-hmm. like I really love like feeling an emotion like what it where it is in my body what's vibrating how do I notice it like today I felt a lot of panic up in my upper chest when I was talking about spirituality and I'm like whoa that's pretty intense like where did that come from and I was just kind of letting it be there it almost felt like my throat was um getting smaller and smaller so I started looking at what was it feeling like physically in my body <laughs> physiologically, physiologically yeah. yeah and yeah. um I also like to think of it, if I was going to describe it to a toddler, like 
I don't want to say, oh, I feel like you're suffocating because my toddler would get scared of it. But if I was to think of it as like, okay, it feels like my throat muscles are getting really tight and tense. It feels like my um, lungs are having 80% less airflow than what I typically do have. And I would just be like, but with that 20%, I still feel safe. Like it's still safe to have a little constriction up in that area. And to describe it in very neutral observational language brings your prefrontal cortex back into the room and you're able to process and observe it, which then you have full function of your brain to let it go, to like release it, to move on. I love that. Yeah, I love that. It it creates a little bit of distance, you know, it's like instead of... I am feeling, I am suffocating, right? It's like, I'm experiencing this tightness in my chest or I'm experiencing this constriction in my throat or whatever the feeling is. And just to like totally normalize this as a human experience, I have a two-year-old and she was having a big, big emotion and she runs into the bathroom and she's hiding under the sink. And I was like, do I go in there? Do I help her out? Like, I don't know what to do. Like she's tantruming. And so I actually went in there and I was like, do you want me to hold your hand? And she goes, yeah. And just climbs up into my lab, puts both of my arms around her, like just lets me hold her. And she goes, mommy, what's happening to me? And like, it can feel so unsafe to feel a really big emotion. It can feel so scary. It can feel so like almost life threatening. Like we are wired to think that that might kill us to feel something that severely and to remind ourselves that it's safe to feel. And I told her, I'm like, you're so brave and this is safe. Like you're allowed to feel this. This is part of being human. Like there's nothing wrong here was just such a different experience to like hold her and witness her in that and that like pain and that suffering that she was experiencing. And also that she felt safe enough to be like, mom, what is this? Like, this is a big emotion. (laughs) Yeah. What is this? This doesn't, this doesn't feel normal. What's happening right now? Uh, Yeah. Um, So these are all uh, really cool. So I I guess um, just, if you were going to give me like the principles of, sort of emotional wealth, what would you, if you're going to give them in a nutshell, so to speak, how would you think about what are like, what are the principles? Yeah. So I think the very first step is awareness of like, what is actually holding you back from either taking the action you want to take or the result you want to create? Like what's really in your brain in the way? Is it thinking that you can't do it? Is it thinking that you don't have the capacity for it? Is the fear that it might take up too much of your time? Like what is actually happening there? And then going into that question of what is my brain getting out of thinking this way or experiencing this? And when you can look at that and like, okay, my brain is thinking that I don't have time because it wants to conserve energy and avoid discomfort and seek pleasure. It makes it so much easier to be like, okay, this is what my brain's trying to do. And then you can be like, but what would be most efficient would be thinking something else, like thinking I can make the time or I'm the steward of my time. I love to think that like I'm the steward of my energy. I can refill my time. It's not something that is just going to get taken from me all the time. It's something that I can fill back in and like make sure I get nourished while I'm using my time. And that helps me then go and have so much more energy throughout my day. Like if I think I'm energized, I'm going to live a life that has a lot more energy than when I'm thinking, man, I'm drained today or I'm exhausted or like identifying as an exhausted person every day of our lives. And so when you understand what your subconscious brain is trying to get out of it and you are like, actually, that's not creating what I want. Like it's not actually giving me any more time to think I don't have time. And then you can look at, okay, what would help me have more time? What could I think? What relationship or way of thinking about time could I have that will change the way I experience my day? And so you know, it's really just changing that way of thinking in a way that feels believing to you. Cause once you believe a thought, 
that's when your way of being shifts. That's when you, you actually show up differently in your tiniest little tasks in the smallest little way. Like that's how you change your energetics. Right. And so that's what creates the yeah. new result is, it's not necessarily all the action you're about to take when you're in this new way of thinking. It's really who you become as you transition and go in and out of your human experience of having thoughts that don't serve you, creating safety and having thoughts that do serve you and then moving on from those. And I do think it is useful for those thoughts to be ones that you believe, not like, not like trying to make yourself believe a thought, which I think you can do with brute force, but it just takes a lot longer. And I think it's much easier to build a bridge of believable thoughts. I agree. Because when your brain is afraid of thinking something new, like the only reason why it's not thinking I'm energized every day of my life is it's because it thinks it desperately needs to conserve energy by believing the thought you're thinking today. And so it has to feel safe enough to believe something new. So sometimes I'll just go to something I believe a hundred percent, which is I'm human. This is part of the human experience. <laughs> like logically that makes so much sense yeah, to me and I can kind of bridge it from there be like, okay, today I'm just going to be human. I'm not going to be energized. I'm not going to be exhausted. I'm going to be somewhere in the middle and just be a human. Yeah. I love that. Cause those labels and, and I, we, mentioned this briefly, but I think it's really useful to, to recognize that once you slap a label on something, I am yeah. exhausted. I am, yeah. you know, like anxious or I am. And all of a sudden now we are an equal yeah. sign. Like I equal anxiety or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Then we start to look for evidence mm-hmm. of that. And then this is a way that if you're, if even if you don't believe in manifestation or attraction or mm-hmm. any of that stuff at all, this is a very practical way to understand how that works is because you, because we have our brains have these confirmation biases where when you believe a thought, you look for evidence that supports mm-hmm. that thought in your reality. Yeah. And guess what? There's infinite evidence. So you can find yeah. evidence for any thought that you want and you can just go out there and like yeah. look for it. And your brain will just start filtering and throwing away everything that doesn't yeah. confirm that thought. So it's yeah. really useful to start at this thinking and believing Yeah, which level. is the same signs of how you can be at a, like a networking event or a party or in a room and you hear your name across the room. Your brain's constantly scanning to hear Ben, to hear Saren, to hear like whatever your yeah. name is. And so it's that same science of like, if you could have your brain looking for how you are going to be the most successful business owner every day, like it looks for your name, think about all the evidence and opportunities you might see and use for you and build you. It'll completely change your experience. Absolutely. And it's also like we're so yes, we'll notice more opportunities, but I think this is also like using visualization for its resourceful Mm -hmm. Uh, like it's actual, it's, it's highest and best use. Cause I think a lot of times if we're doing the anxiety thing and we're like asking those rhetorical questions, like we were saying before, like, what if it doesn't work out? It's like, we're not actually using the power of our visualization. Cause we're just going to the point where it's like, well, what if it doesn't work out? And then we're not actually like, you know, well, then I'd try again. All right. You know, like actually answering the question where you start to use the power of your visualization to recognize opportunities for that world and construct that world. Yeah. Right. Instead, we're just kind of like only visualizing some negative state and not yeah. kind of moving past yeah, that. So uh, we want to like give ourselves the, the opportunity to notice when things in our reality can contribute to our highest and best, our emotional wealth yeah. or our freedom or our authenticity or whatever it is that we want to create. So good. When I think like I had this yeah. experience where yeah. I was thinking I was really tired after like I'd have back to back calls one to one with my clients. And I was like at the end of them, I'd be like, man, I'm a little tired. And then I would scroll on my phone. And I was like, oh, it's because I'm identifying as tired. So my brain has to go make that true for me by scrolling or doing something that doesn't actually fuel me back up. And when I realized that actually my eyes are tired from a screen, 
I'm like, oh, my eyes need nourishing. It's like, how can I go nourish that for me? And then I'll go like swing on the swing or like Mm. go to the beach or like go take a walk outside. And it actually fills me back up. And so we're able to be like a steward of our energy in that way when we don't self-identify as things that don't serve us, like thinking I am tired. And it's actually really interesting because in other languages, they have different um, am verbs. So like in Spanish, they have ser and estar. And estar is like more temporary and ser is like to be permanently. And so you use different verbs to say like, I am experiencing tiredness or like I am tired is a whole different verb than I am brunette or her Caucasian or American, right. right? Like it's a totally different verb. And so I think in the English language, our brain can't think I am blank and then fill that in. And then we self-identify. And so it can be really helpful to just be like, I'm experiencing blank when we don't want to identify as that thing. Yeah. Which is actually such a great example of the way that our language creates our reality yeah. and how, like, I, I, I think of them as spells, basically the kinds of things that you say over and over again to yourself, but that's like a really great example of how you, how that works when you look at other languages and the way that they describe time, for example, or all kinds of other right. things. And we can get a sense for that, but like, you're actually like, like, I imagine that you were with every word that you said, you uttered about yourself, you were casting a spell. Mm. Like, would you be more careful? Yeah. Like, how would that change the way that you, that you spoke yeah. about yourself? Right. Cause I think yeah. that's a really useful way of conceiving of the kind of language that yeah. we use. I actually had a friend the other day mention that she was feeling miserable and, or like that she, she's a miserable person. And I was like, man, like, what is that like to tell yourself that you're miserable? So like, imagine casting that spell and then all of a sudden, like you become more and more miserable. That would just be so, so, so sad. Totally. Because our brains are actually like more of a filtration mechanism, I think, than anything else. And so like you say something like that and now imagine it starts filtering for proving that you're miserable. And then what happens, you know? Um, Okay. So Saren, this is great. We could talk forever. Um, I'd love to have you back on, but um, but any final thoughts for like putting a kind of a bow on this for people or uh, things to take away? Gotcha. I think as um, entrepreneurs, you kind of go against the grain of the masses. And because of that, you're going to like, these types of things are so important. Being able to think differently, being able to not believe the same things that you were taught and conditioned to believe, but believing things that really truly serve you, then help you take really aligned and creative and fun action that like really serves you and what you want to create in your business, especially in these starting stages. I just think that that's why this is so important is because you have to think differently than society. Otherwise everyone would be an entrepreneur. Totally. Yeah. And, and we, and we have autopilot working against us. So if we don't like actively manage our minds, then we will just passively think yeah. the thoughts that we have yeah. thought in the past yeah. that look, they, you know, again, what does it do for you? Cause like it, you brought us here, mm-hmm. you're alive, you survived. So it's, it's like, no, really this works. Don't do anything different. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like the, what, that's the voice that we're working yeah, against absolutely. inside our heads. Yeah, Cause it, it mistakes that for being safer just because it's more familiar. It's like, Oh, I've walked this path more often. So it must be safer than like, this other thing that's going to make me tons of money and give me so much time freedom and so much emotional wealth. Like it must be safer to like doubt myself than it is to believe I could actually have what I want. Uh, Exactly. I love that. All right. So um, if people are inspired by this conversation, they're wanting to get a hold of you. How how do people, how can people get in touch with you? How can they work with you? What's the, what's, 
what would be the so path? fun. The best way would be to come find me on Instagram. And it's just my name, Saren Eads, S-A-R-E-N-E-A-D-S. On there, you can find my website about emotional wealth. I have really fun freebies and live trainings on how to create your fairy tale life. I also will be starting my own podcast, probably Q2 of next year. So you might be able to tune in there in the future, which will be so fun. Nice. I'm excited yeah, to hear that. All right, everyone. Uh, Great. Great. I'm there. Uh, anytime to talk to you. I, I really enjoy talking to you. So, all right, everyone, you heard it. Go check her out on Instagram and you can get a hold of her from that. Saren, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom and helping to sh- share this optimistic perspective. I think it's really helpful to uh, to think about being human this way. So fun. It's such an honor to help yeah. more early stage business owners like love their experience there. Like, I can't think of a better thing to do Thank with you. my day. <laughs> Me either. Me either. Let's keep doing it. All right. (laughs) All right. And for all you listening, live your freedom, love your life. Hey there, shifters. If you enjoy the podcast and you've been wanting to take your game to the next level, you might want to hear about our new program. We're calling it the Mindset Gym, and it's a virtual community where we take all the tips, tricks, and strategies, and we put them into practice. Ever notice how when you go to an exercise class, you always seem to push a little harder than when you work out on your own? Well, the Mindset Gym is like a group exercise class for your business. Imagine a community of badass business owners coming together a couple of times a month to work on their mindsets, strategies, and find some business besties. It's all about practicing together. Sound like something you might want to be a part of? Check out the link in the show notes or go to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash the dash mindset dash gym to learn more. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.